are now listening to United 96 Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to United 96 here on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Ted here, John here, here to discuss all about the thrilling victory that Martinique just had on El Salvador covering the <laughs> Gold Cup. That's our. That's what our podcast is about, right, John? It is. It is. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on it. Like, for instance... <laughs> I know where Mar- Martinique is. <laughs> I'm going to talk about a player on their team that I know. Yeah, it's going to be a good show. Crushing crushing for El Salvador. And I think El Salvador has a lot of ties to D.C. And a lot of my hopes and dreams about igniting more fans into the stands by having a like successful El Salvadoran national team player. So, th- so those those goals are taking a big hit today with El Salvador, even though they've looked very good and, and have seemed to be pushing for to get back in sort of that World Cup uh, discussion. This was this was not a good not a good game. Like, what do you get with the gold cup again? Uh, nothing. Okay. <laughs> it's the gold cup. That's what I thought. That's yeah. There's it. no more confederations cup. There's no more. There's no more of that. Um, you know, it's, I think maybe this serves as some sort of CONCACAF gold cup or the, uh, for the Copa America. Maybe there was some qualification for that. I heard something about how the U S might not actually, I, I forget the rules of that. I don't know. There's going to be a lot of soccer in the U S by the way. A lot of soccer. Yeah, <laughs> I assume you're. I assume you're referring to the uh, EPL teams coming and doing uh, doing friendly. Oh, I'm talking about Wrexham versus LA Galaxy too. That's I was going to say probably also Wrexham. <laughs> Set your calendars, folks. It's summer. It's summer of summer soccer. Soccer <laughs> summer madness. Uh, but uh, but John, first, how are you doing, my friend? How was your weekend? Good. I went and saw some friends in Charlottesville. Uh, I have not feel like I've been to a friend's house in uh, five thousand years. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. I had to. Yeah, it's like the first time where a bunch of kids get together. It's a different party, Ted, when it's like you and all of your kids, and you're just like, "Who's watching them right now? Are you? I'm not watching them. Are you? I guess you're watching them." So, yeah, it's a different, it's a different breed of things. How about you? How was your weekend? It was good. I went to, uh, I went to the Kickers game. So that was uh, not my last Kickers game, um, but but the last game in the Richmond area that I will go to. Um, so that that certainly will be. Uh, uh, that certainly was fun, and as always. End of an era. End of an era. End of an era, as they say. So eventually, all of this background here is going to come down. We'll see what I do with the new place. I forgot. To- it's going to be all kicker scarves, just out of pure, <laughs> pure memories. It's all kick- kickers. Walls. After, after a uh, uh, pure spite. Exactly. It's exactly what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. And mine will be all Madison forward Madison. And the, all the one that I have. And I will and, <laughs> just stretch and, wide. And I will block your video. I will <laughs> send radio jammers to your to your house. But yeah, they they tied two two. Um, bad, kind of a bad game. They took a lead early and then they gave up, like they gave up an own goal and they just kind of like, were so distraught by that. They then gave up another goal and nearly lost the game and then got a, uh, a fortunate penalty to tie it. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely on the downswing. Um, the peak was certainly last season. So I think they, they, they came and lost that game in, in Audi field. And ever since it's just been a slow bleed. <laughs> All right, well let's uh let's talk soccer. Uh let's let's get it let's get into the game that we that we all saw DC United. We should be happier, right? We should be a happy mood. I was thinking that you know what we needed to do as after a game like that we needed to do the podcast then immediately yeah. and not wait a couple of days because if we had done this on Saturday night, I would have been I would have been pretty animated. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty I was pretty happy. And then you know your weekend happens, and then you're like, eh, yeah, and you're working. Ted and I had a day of work today, and now we're just sitting down. 
But yeah, no, let's talk about the thing that's good. And then Siad, talk about how it's not what we expect. Siad95 says, I'm so ready for this post-Win Monday show. Well, we got it, my friend. We got it, folks. Uh, let, let's- yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, it's not as exciting as you, well, as you might have hoped. Let, let's, let's get into, obviously, you know, this is taking place. This game is taking place uh, during the Gold Cup. The U.S. Uh, DCR essentially, I can say with confidence, unaffected. Uh, from the Gold Cup absences, they have no players that <laughs> just like we planned. <laughs> it's the reverse. It's the reverse spirit plan. It's like, what if yeah. we had no U.S. players on our team? You know, they did have some absences. Absolutely, Toxie Funtas on the bench. Uh, Victor Paulson apparently having a family matter uh, and could not make the game. Steve Birnbaum suspended. I'm sure you'll have some fans that will argue as to whether that's an absence. Uh, so DC certainly had some absences. Sure. I would argue that the absences are in positions they can maybe afford. Uh, Cincinnati came into this game. Uh, no, no Brenner. I think his transfer is confirmed, still happening. I don't know what the status is of that. They kept him out because Pedro Santo. I was no Lewis O'Brien tried to like chop his foot <laughs> off with his, with, with his cleats last time. So they were like, let's just not have yeah. him. Uh, so you know they had uh, a sort of a forward line. I believe a uh, Dominic uh, Dominic Baji was in there. So not not their hundred percent. Obviously Brent. Uh, Brandon Vasquez is with the Gold Cup team at this point. They're also without Matt Miazga, one of their top defenders. So certainly their losses, um, I will say, are a little bit on the upper upper end um, and certainly can impact their games. They also played on Wednesday. They looked pretty well on Wednesday. They played against, uh, I think it was, who they play on? I forget who they played on Wednesday. I'll have to go back and look. They played in, the, I know they won pretty emphatically. Um, so I will say that I was kind of thinking, everybody's like, everybody was doom and gloom about this game. And I'm like, you know. This, they played Toronto and they that's beat right. them and then Toronto fired their coach. Afterwards. Fired Bob Bradley. Yep. Bob Bradley no longer the coach of TSC. So um yeah, three nothing victory for them. I but I remember thinking, I'm like, you know, this is kinda kinda setting up to be maybe a little bit of a trap game for them. They're they're coming off short rest. DC's had a full week of rest, no stupid midseason friendly that gets thrown into the middle. None of that nonsense, just straight up full full week of training, full week of rest, and then right into the right into the game. Um, a, a team looking to, I think, kind of like reverse the reverse the bleeding. Um, and I think this is a game based on the past two results, particularly the loss against RSL. That was kind of a must win. Um, I think, it, you know, would I have been upset if they had managed to get a draw if, if since he looked good? Sure. But I mean, I think if we're talking, you know, this team magically after that Saturday still like kept themselves in the playoffs. Uh, so they were still certainly in, in the playoff picture. Uh, and then they needed to go out and get a victory to maintain that spot. And they did that move up. They stayed directly at ninth is where they started. Um, maybe they gave themselves <laughs> a little more of a cushion um, against some of the teams chasing them. Uh, but let's get into the game. So obviously we have uh, Taxi Futos on the bench. Maybe the probably the only surprise I can think from that lineup. Uh, maybe Paulson being missing, but you know he obviously, obviously had a family thing. So you had a, a back line of uh, Brendan Heinzeich, uh, Donovan Pines, and Derek Williams. Uh, no subs at all for the defense, which is a little scary. Right. Knaus on the bench. Also, I saw today on uh, a sports bog uh, post that uh, I believe Russell Knaus is the 12th longest tenured DC sports <laughs> player in all in all the major leagues. So that's funny. I think it's his seventh season and he's here through next year. So I just thought that was a, a good thing to call out. But yeah, D- the rest of the bench. DC sports dog calling out actually acknowledging DC United. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Well, they also Steve Birnbaum was even higher. I believe he's eighth <laughs> in the list. The days, the days where, yeah, that was man. Remember, remember blogs. Yeah, remember like <laughs> man. What what's a, what time? So for you kids who are uh, you know Gen Z people, there used to be things called blogs. Yeah, and people cared a lot about them. 
the end. Yeah, there was a, we we all we all tried. Both John and I both tried our our like oh yeah we're going to become bloggers we're going to cover this team and then it never quite we make like one or two posts and then we just kind of drop it. And then we said, you know, what would be easier is if instead of typing, we just talked. Yeah. And instead of planning, we just thought and spoke. We just babbled. So, I realized early on, I was like, I'm not a good writer, but I can I can talk for days. I can talk for days about soccer. And we have done. Wow. That. This so, is a really bad Monday show, by the way. We have dropped around the ankle. But anyway, Russell Canals, you said, was out, obviously. So uh, we had Chris Durkin, Lewis O'Brien, and Matthias Click uh, sort of manning that three-man midfield. Um, I I, I will say let's start with who looked I'll start with who looked good. I don't think you could really point out anybody who I think looked bad or didn't look um you know obviously Christian Mateke doesn't get the bo- doesn't get the goal but again his hold up play he had some really good opportunities very well. He almost scores in the second minute of the game a header that it was about a, a, a hair wide of the of the of the post so yeah. It was it was coming from the start. Yeah. I mean really I mean really just I think solid performances all around. And then you had guys, you know, role players uh, like Pedro Santos and um, and Christian Dahomey kind of step up scoring. I want to talk about Pedro Santos' yes. goal and how dumb it Go was. Ahead. It was extremely dumb. It was super duper dumb. So uh, <laughs> so uh, there's a there's a play where DC is, is coming up the field. They the, I believe it was on the right wing trying to think of who might have passed the ball. It might have been Nahar. It might have been Lewis O'Brien. Passes the ball right at Alvis Powell, right at him. Should have been the end of the play. Uh, he he, Alvis Powell phases, and the ball just moves right through his legs to a Christian Benteke, uh, who chops the ball and then works it wide. There's a cross. The cross is the cross is intended for Benteke. Goes over to Pedro Santos, who has a shot that he chokes off and then moves and then scuffs a shot that bounces five times and then gets inside the inside post. Gets inside the post and scores a goal. It was extremely but like it was all. It was just like a just a fumble towards the goal and it was fantastic because if that was going to net you a goal things are you know things are up i tweet, was tweeting during the game like everything about the game was just a series of fortuitous events i think we cashed in a whole bunch of karma in this game we, we put it all on black for the game against the top player the top in the league and and we you took all of it so i'm curious about how next week goes now that we're sort of back to probably back to square on that on that front you know and, and seattle seattle's been a good team they've been a very good team this year the one criticism you could say about them is that cincinnati. Uh, sorry what did i say see so said seattle so seattle cincinnati same difference uh difference yeah, ohio it's very, ohio very close geographically uh, <laughs> fan bases are similar in in what they think right. about themselves uh, apparently some very upset cincinnati fans i don't know if you've seen the instagram video but no about the game but uh but yeah oh yeah there's a guy apparently getting into it with uh, one of the metropolitan police in the cincy stand I don't know, oh i did see that <laughs> I did see that. Yeah, that was that was a good that was a good troll bit for the district cultures. But, you know, you talk about uh, getting back to my point, original point, which was Cincinnati. You know, they are a team that has really been really good this season. Uh, but what they've been good at is keeping teams off the board and sort of eking out these one nothing wins. They haven't, despite their firepower, despite their undoubtable firepower in Lucho Costa, Brandon Vasquez, getting only one of those there. You know, they don't have the they don't haven't been scoring two, three goals a game. They've been scoring one, maybe two if if, if they're fortunate um, to try to keep to try to get the game, um, try to win the games. So, you know, when you have a team that comes in and is able to take advantage of maybe some of those chances and figure out ways to score, um, I think also defensively, I mean, they were I mean, you talk about the first goal being just kind of a mess for Cincy defensively and no one uh-huh. stepping so everybody kind of trying to block or play the block and no one really stepping 
to know either. I guess it's kind of one of those things where everybody thinks the other person's going to be the one to step. Um, and that's what, and that's in how you end up with a goal like that. That is really a DC move. That's (laughs) sort of our trademark defensive malfunction. Uh, other players we want, we want to spotlight. Uh, this is a tweet from James Lambert. Uh, after tonight, DC United is five, two, and three when Andy Nahar plays, including Open Cup, with a loss to Toronto where he comes off the bench and a draw against Montreal where they crumble after he goes off. They're one, three, and six without him. Essential. He was dynamic mm-hmm. this entire game. He is he is a player that it's all it's all about his body betraying him. If he if you could transplant his hamstrings with a twenty year olds. Uh, he would be he would be completely unstoppable when he's healthy. He's a must start. And I think you can even try to protect him, but I don't think it even matters. I think I think DC United is now just like, you know, we're just going to let him burn bright. We're just going to let him. We're going to make sure he's healthy, but then just throw him out there and let him do his thing because because no one else can do what he can do. And he is uh, he can dribble out of problems. He could take on players. He is uh, always he's great to link up to the midfield and to the attack every single time. It's just a. You, you don't uh, don't blink <laughs> and miss the, and miss how impactful he's been for this team. This it's really his his ability on the dribble. I mean, he just is able to just get into those space. I think that's why he picks up injuries, because then he's also going to pick up fouls. And like you said, you know, I, I think I, I talked with someone, um, a friend of mine who's who's a fan, and he said, well, he, need, he needs to just be a, 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 a off the bench guy. And I, I just think you can't right now with this team, like it would be awesome if we could afford to do that and we could have the ability to not have him as an everyday out and out starter that we could sort of bring him in when the situation calls, because I think that could be a really effective part of him. The fact of the matter is we don't have that, um, particularly we don't have that now. Now that Mohammed uh, Mohammed Jaz is now on the season ending injury list and done. So, I mean, ankle. disappointing, <laughs> disappointing. And really, I mean, that one's one. I think a lot of people have, have were already quick to go to the to what is DC doing the physio room. This seems like one of those things that happens when you smash someone tackle and you just break your ankle. I will say this, Nigel Bertha broken ankle, Jazzy broken ankle, uh, Ted Cutibiedro messed up ankle. I think somebody in practice is, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking it's Pedro Santos. I think he, Louis O'Brien or Pedro Santos is kicking everybody in the ankle. I think that's what's happening. Uh, Andy Nahar also, but the last time he got injured was when he came off the bench against Nahaka. So yeah. uh, keeping him off the bench will not keep him uninjured. It's just, it's just like a clock that's going to it's going to hit every time you, <laughs> it's going to it's going to click and then it's going to hit the it's going to hit the bar where it's going to where it's going to buzz. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you, you hope that, you know, you can keep him healthy through the rest of the stretch. He then gets a rest. I mean, maybe you don't play him. I think maybe you leave him out of League's Cup. I think you maybe leave him out of that whole tournament or maybe you play him yeah. a little bit. Um knowing how important it is to come down to sort of the, the final run of the season. But again, he was excellent. Another player I want to highlight is Matthias click. Obviously he gets the assist on the, um, on the, on the weird. Uh, goal. So that was him. I yeah, guess. that was him on the cross. Uh, but he also, I thought was again, very effective. Um, another player, another player that's quietly, I, I'm debating whether I want to start the, uh, the, I'm trying to think of like other newcomers this year that have played, that have played exceptionally well. I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are some, but I think I think he would probably I don't know, but that would be a good thing. That's some homework for us <laughs> over this week. Who are the who are the real uh, newcomers of the year uh, possible candidates? The, I I feel like there has to be someone that's been more productive. He would be a hard sell. Yeah, I, I I think. But I mean, I mean, you look at the stats. I mean, I whoever again, I think it comes from his agent, his agent, uh, whatever his agent company Steve? is. No, no, his agent. There's an agent. His agent, I think, has company post stats for him all the time. They talk about the amount of chances he creates, the amount of passes he 
he connects, um, you know, what he does sort of on the analytic side. Um, I, I think he's, I think he is a vastly, I think across DC, I think we appreciate his talent and his skill and what he brings to this team. Um, but I think across the league and he also, he's not racking up, he's racking up some assists, but he's also not racking up the goals. So I think maybe that might hurt him in the kind of that attacking role. Um, but I'd be curious to see what, when we start getting down to that, I mean, I'm not saying he'll win it, but I'm saying maybe we get a nomination or two out of him. and we have the summer too. And that, you know, maybe that just goes to, 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 you know, Messi if he, I mean, if he breaks the, <laughs> if he gets enter Miami into the playoffs. So we can also talk about Derek Williams, who scores yes. his first MLS goal. I, the thing I want to say about this that's funny is I read an FC, FC Cincinnati recap about it, and they called it a slotted goal. And he did not slot that. He spanked it. <laughs> like, uh, I'm sorry, that is some that is some homerism. He did not slot that ball. The first goal was slotted. Uh, Derek Williams spanks that ball. And uh, scores his first goal off a. It was a bit of a. It was a bit of a broken play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe off a short corner. Uh, it's been. A, it's been a little bit now. But again, uh, I, I hear a lot. So I, you always wonder with defenders when they score. Like that's when everyone starts talking about him. But I would say the last couple of weeks, Der- people are saying Derek Williams is our best, our our most surprising uh, acquisition. No one really expected much out of him. They said, "Wow, he's being overpaid." LA Galaxy are letting him go for nothing. This is a weird move. Uh, but when he's been fit, he's not he's not really been in the center of mistakes. Uh, and I think that that is something that this fans of this team are looking. You, you mentioned before about Steve missing and people having a lot to say about that. I think uh, Derek Williams has been Mr. Consistent mm-hmm. out of the back line. Uh, Donovan Pines has probably been the second most consistent, which is wild. If you go back in time to not too many episodes ago for listening to either of us saying words, you will not have expected me to say that. But that's the truth. And Brennan Heinzike is now just really getting back to quasi of himself. He had uh, a really sort of daring clearance, which I said at the time when I was watching any other, any other game this year, that's an own goal, like a, like a, just a sports center, not top 10 own goal. Uh, But every, every sort of thing that could break right for the team broke, right. Uh, But I think Barry all, I think it was Barry all shot and hit this, hit the side of the post from six yards out Uh, that a number of sort of daring sliding clearances, where the ball could have gone anywhere, but it just went in the right spot. Just, it was, like I said, I've already said it. We cashed in all of our chits on this. Uh, and, and just to find, just to like to talk about the final, like sort of stat thing. Uh, we also have uh, a goal from Kristen Dahomey, another not really beautiful goal. These were all sort of, there's <laughs> Derek Williams was the, was the peach, but uh, gets an opportunity uh, around the end line dribbles and then slots it through the legs of the keeper say, through the five hole, <laughs> but through the, through his legs, and that was that. And that was, and he, he ran 80 yards down the field to dance uh, with his assistant coaches. And he looked very, very happy and very, very dorky. Yeah. So I'm happy for him. In that Probably way. the most fortuitous goal of the bunch. And he also did, I mean, you talk about his play in this game. I mean, it, yes, he doesn't get an assist or he doesn't set up, but on the, uh, on the Derek Williams goal, uh, Donovan Pines jumps up, wins the header, I think most importantly, uh, and that ball falls beautifully for Dahomey. Uh, the keeper for since he comes out and makes a nice save. Um, and, you know, I think it, it was still a good opportunity and a nice run for him. Uh, this team is really getting, I, I think, one thing that's been the most uh, interesting to watch is how effective this team has gotten um, on sort of those second set plays. I think this is why they're playing short corners, why they're trying to d- try some different things with set plays, because they have a lot of, they have, a you know, when Donovan Pines is out there, when uh, obviously when Benteke is out there, uh, you know, they are an incredibly um, 
they are an incredibly big team and they have a lot of targets that they can utilize for that. Um, so I think it's a smart move to try to utilize uh, to utilize those set plays. But I think their their past few games they've gotten a, at least a few goals off set plays. I don't know what their numbers are exactly, but I, I feel like that's something they become very very uh, very good at um, is on those set plays. Uh, so obviously for Trudeau's goal for Christian Dahomey, uh, you've neglected to mention to the pass from uh, Tyler Miller. Uh, maybe gets a secondary assist on that. I don't know. I'll maybe give it to him a little bit. Um, and you know, I think uh, you know, speaking about Benteke, he is not. Um, he does not win the ball in that play, but he creates a presence that two Cincy defenders have to mark, have to basically try to mark him to try to win the ball. And Dahomey is able to then slip in behind and have the space to make that run and to score that goal. So again, you know, showing Benteke's presence is more than just, you know, when he heads the ball into the back of the net or he wins a header, it's his presence in general causes those spaces to open up. Um, and you think if this team, you know, we'll talk about some maybe hopefully not some signings coming in. Uh, you got to maybe look at some more speed out wide if you can, especially if you can hold on to uh, Lewis O'Brien. You don't need to fill that role um, for the for the window. Um, other any other news? Obviously, uh, Taxi Funtas came out, uh, subbed on to this game. Um, I think I wonder if that's kind of being cautious with him. I keep thinking there's maybe more going on with him that they haven't really been trying to rush him back or. Probably just uh, probably just coming back. He played both games in the international That's window, true. and he flew across across That's the world. True. That's true. And and in his, in a limited time, he got a red card for FC Cincinnati on a second yellow, so <laughs> drew drew a foul on the top of the eighteen. So job done. Yeah, he uh, he, he showed really well again. He comes on sort of at three nothing. Not a lot of not a lot really expected of him, um, you know, because again, the team's not looking to score. The second half was kind of boring. I mean, other than you said there was a, an opportunity for Cincy, probably their best opportunity of the game where they hit the post. Um, yep. you know, I think overall, I think it was really a solid performance from everybody there, you know, there really isn't a performance that stood out as, as necessarily weak or, and, you know, to, to the team's credit, you know, their job probably in this game, I mean, it was simpler for them, you know, when you don't have Brennan or you don't have Brendan Vasquez, you just have Lucho basically as like your next level attacker, your job is you need to shut down Lucho. Um, and Lucho had maybe a few opportunities cut about, uh, by the way, apparently there was some, uh, um, this is also from CN95. Also worth mentioning, Acosta getting uh, put on blast. Uh, and my friend Nancy sat supporters. in that section and said he got. My friend Nancy said he got uh, a beer thrown at him, and they threw the guy out, and they the guy let the guy back in who did it. So no, never mind. There. No, 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 not a good thing. Never mind. I'm Don't I'm going to stop that. reading. Also, yeah, he was also he was also uh, pumping up like they were booing him, mm-hmm. but not very loudly. So he was doing the WWF, like pumping the crowd up to get them to the blue ladder. And then he was happy about it. I like it. I like it. I think he, I think he knows. I think he knows what, what the deal is there. The, I think the, the beer getting thrown at might've been like, come on, dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, 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 pre- I appreciate, I appreciate the WWE, the WWE the style. Heel, the heel turn. G- give me, give me more of that. Give me more of that drama. Maybe that was something that was missed. Maybe we needed some more, some more drama out of that game. Um, yeah, down three zero is when he was doing that, <laughs> which is funny. You know, it's funny. I think there were some posts I've seen to be at least one post. Someone saying they need to fire Pat Moon for this game. Absolutely not. I mean, if you want to, go ahead. We'll sweep in and take him. Um, but uh, but yeah, so three nothing victory. Anything else we want to drop about this game? Or no, I think the only thing we want to talk about is the fact that there. When we talked about winnable games uh, over the course of this month, this is not the game that we had as a W nope. And this is also, uh, it's not, it is not. Uh, but also in sort of the lining up of fortuitous events where our next game is Nashville on the first, 
And uh, Nashville has lost against Columbus and against Montreal and hasn't scored in two weeks. Yeah, and Hani, and the, a big part of that, a big part of that, again, is teams have figured out they've sort of shut down Hani Mukhtar. We haven't figured that yeah. out yet. So th- <laughs> if we do that, that'll be the first time we've ever done it. So hopefully that's what happens. Well, we did. We did in the last game. He didn't score. It was Alex Mule, remember, the armpit goal. Um, so we did, we, did, we did shut him down. That's right. We did shut him down at home. Different, different, different policy. I also will argue that I'd rather them be riding high and thinking and kind of overlooking us a little bit than like, oh, we need to correct this. You don't want the Toronto. Yeah, I I do not want the Toronto, especially because they're a good team. And we've seen how bad, uh, how bad TFC is. Um, I mean, talk about, talk about just like absolute class. I mean, I will say, I think Bob Bradley is, is a, is a good coach. And I think he is in a bad situation in Toronto. I think it was a, a situation in which uh, I think there was very clear that there were some big, big name players that did not want him there. Uh, we'll see who they hire next. He's not a big personality. Yeah, coach. he's not a big personality. That was a horrible fit. Yeah, that is not the guy you want for that. He he is a guy that's going to take sort of he's going to mold players into a unit. And now LAFC obviously is a different situation. You had Carlos Vela. You had other high, high powered players. But I think his best suit. Uh, is is to do it in a different way. Uh, that's just a like a collective belief kind of guy versus. I, I do not think he will be far without a job in MLS. I think there will be whatever he wants, probably. Yeah, and and you know, I will tell you, I will tell you, if he's available and Wayne Rooney doesn't stay, would I want DC to hire him? And I know this will this a lot of old heads, including myself, will remember the uh, the cheating Bob. My dad texted me and said cheating Bob just got fired. I mean, the the whole incident that happened. If if you haven't seen it. Good and go uh, go look up MLS Storytime Theater and uh, I think they call it Bob and the Great Switcheroo. Go watch that video and um, the I don't know if it quite does justice to to watching that live and seeing that happen um, and just how much that it won't how much that sucked. But um, if he's available, we are being old. We are being old. Yeah, we are. If he's available, <laughs> if he's available, if he's available, yeah, you can also watch the full game too on MLS Season Pass. You can actually go watch it. Um, game, a litless game, uh, <laughs> a regular season game from uh, the hot summer in 2003 or something like that. I dare you to do that, <laughs> listeners. If you do that, tweet at us and then I'll send you a sticker because I think that that would be a very cool thing for you to do. Uh, especially if you haven't seen it before. If you haven't seen it, mm-hmm. you could ro- talk about some of the players that DC had on that team. They were not a good team that year. Um, but anyway, yes, but uh, I mean, he would be a coach. I would say I would want DC to go and immediately grab and hire if he's not available because he would be probably the best talent, the best coaching talent available if Wayne doesn't stay. So you're talking about coach of the week, Wayne Rooney, who won that, that, that award this week. So I don't, you know, he's got to keep, if if Wayne Rooney stays, I'm not necessarily opposed to it. I mean, I think that means at least we get another year of this project. Maybe we can build on some things. It's clear that he is a draw. Like we look at Lewis O'Brien, we look at, uh, Benteke players that were brought in because he was going to be the coach. Um, and I'm not sure we get those players if he's not the coach. Um, so I, I want another year you know, of Rooney because I want at least maybe another year of this project that I think is better than we thought. And I think there are some very legitimate building blocks that this team could have for maybe being even better next year. I just had a funny thought about a team that needs a coach right now. And I just talked about how he's a horrible fit for teams with big personalities. Wouldn't it be funny if Bob Bradley went to Inter Miami and coached? They, they've Martin? already got Tata Martino. They've already got. Is it already? Yeah, lined I mean, up? It's, it's it's basically going to happen. I mean, that's just. Well, that was before they knew Bob Bradley was available. You see, this is all. It's all changing. <laughs> it might change the calculus. I, I think. I think if you're. I, I think if you're Inter Miami, you do not. You want to make sure you. You know this. You, yeah. I think you stick with what you got. You stick with the coach that's won. You know, won a uh, MLS uh, 
championship in a while, a coach that's very, that knows Messi or at least has some experience with them. I think that's what you do with that. Let's imagine other funny coaches. Bruce Arena coaching Lionel Messi <laughs> would be also be very funny to me. <laughs> it's going to be very, it's a, you know, this is, our, by the way, let's take a slight, a five second diversion. This is going to be a show for people who have been listening for a while yeah. and like us and like hearing our, our talking about weird stuff. Not for game analysis. If you're a new listener, I apologize to you. This is not. Not totally what you're going to get in a normal week. But that aside, I think it would be a very funny exercise to think about the worst coaching fit for Lionel Messi in MLS. I think it would be a good project. He, the, also, like if you think Fernando about Lasada. the Beckham rules. That would be great. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. That would be a great be one. A battle of Eagles. Um, Egos, man, oh, on that front. Man. Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking, like, you know, the Beckham rules that were in place about sort of the the, the flexibility he got and – uh, I think he's going to have a lot of those and I would love to, I hope that there's, I hope I'm sure there will be books written about this, this time period. Cause I will want to know all the inside stuff after it's done. But I think I just want to draw a contrast. Obviously Wayne Rooney was not Lionel Messi at any point, but when Wayne was here, uh, he really turned down all of those perks. He really, really like put himself on whatever the, you know, whatever the guys get, I get mm-hmm. kind of, he had a roommate on the road. It was Steve Birnbaum, uh, I don't think Messi's going to have a roommate on the road. I think Messi might have a hotel to himself when they're on the road. I think it's entirely possible that he gets what he wants. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be interesting thing. Obviously, even the the nature of MLS, I I think as far as I know, based on what I see in the videos, this team, the teams all fly um, uh, private, private jets. They're not taking commercial anymore that he might get his own PJ just as like a one man situation. Like he gets to fly later. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> goes with his I, I think, I think the, the travel situation, the, um, the travel situations, the training, all of that has become much more professional, even in the five years since, and it was COVID that did that. It was COVID that basically said, and they basically, I think they just can't walk it back now. Like once you break that, it's like to try to go back and then you risk losing all this talent that you've brought in who have become used to it. Now it becomes, it right. becomes, it becomes utilized. Go, go sit in economy, go, go, go sit in economy plus Leo Messi. Speak, speaking of messy, if there is anybody listening, there's anybody listening to our show who's thinking about traveling 1,200 miles to see Messi. I don't know how real that whole picture. Would you see that picture? Someone, oh, the one in Argentina. Yeah, no. So, someone, someone had a sign at the Philly uh, Inter Miami game. Oh, that, that was definitely fake. <laughs> might have been fake, but absolutely. I want to get the message out there. Wayne uh, Messi will not be at Audi Field on July 8th. Not going to happen. They've already a, confirmed it. Co- not going to happen. I have a coworker. So when Messi got signed, he's like, should I keep my tickets? I'm like, absolutely. You should sell them right now before anyone finds out that he's not going to be there because he's not going to be there. And then he sold them for three times. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to buy it. He's like, I-, I wonder if I can buy them back for below face. I was like, I bet you can. I bet you can. Keep, keep your eyes out. That would be very funny. I recommend that. Oh, uh, it's funny. Yeah. Find yourself. Find yourself another. And there's going to be a bunch of people that are going to be showing up thinking he messed so mad so mad that he's not going to be there that's good and that's the thing man that's the thing about this that's why i kind of i think this is why they're delaying the announcement as long i think the contract's done but i think they're delaying the announcement because they don't want to piss people off that they think oh i see the announcement that means he's going to be playing the next game when in reality they're they're really waiting until i think the league's cup i think mls i mean if you want to talk about what mls wants to be successful it wants the league's cup to be successful so I think having him debut at the League's Cup is just is it's funny. It's like a funny choice. It, it's, it's like having him for Superliga. It's like <laughs> yeah, but I mean this. I mean MLS really. I mean this is you're talking about something that the the and people say well it's all about money. Of course it's about money. Yeah, but it's but it's something they really they really want to be sort of a big time tournament, and they really are investing a lot of resources in it. Um, but 
besides that, speaking to Messi, uh, James Lambert, something that might kickstart Apple uh, Apple TV subscriptions. Uh, we had some even new- more because <laughs> the, the surprising part is it may be better off than than all of us thought it was. Yeah, uh, the the news coming out is apparently uh, MLS sources have confirmed. I believe this came from Awful Announcing. Uh, that Apple has basically that basically the amount of subscriptions that Apple set for revenue sharing, which gets shared with the players. Um, there's a part of it that gets shared with the players. They are apparently nearing that subscription mark. And this is all before Messi even sees the field. Um, I don't know if the boost may have come from the start of Messi, uh, but you know, I think we talked about this deal and we talked about whether it'd be successful or not. There's been a lot of people complaining. I will say I have seen people that when the price dropped, they were like, all right, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to make the spurge. It, it, I like that they they drop. They they're like, oh, it's cheaper now. It's like, yeah, because half the season is over. It's now fifty percent off. You yeah, yes, it is a it is indeed a price drop in a certain way for sure. Yeah, but I mean, it's I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I know they also done a lot of marketing with it to try to boost. Yeah, boost the numbers. They've given away five million of them, billion of them through T-Mobile. <laughs> They've given them away, and they're definitely counting those. By the way, those are all those are all counting in the same bucket. Yeah, but yeah, it's the league will get a cut. The players will get a cut. Uh, it's twelve and a half percent of the increase in media revenue this year if it exceeds hundred million of the compensation, which was about sixty-five million dollars when excluded fees paid to the USMNT. It's all if you're going to get in deep into the world of media rights compensation in the United States, you're going to get a headache. But needless to say, the headline here is everyone thought, "Oh my God, they're gonna they have an opt-out clause. They're gonna get out of this. They're gonna they're gonna leave this, and then we're gonna be back at Flow Sports." Uh, and then uh, Phil Schiller, uh, Apple SVP heads content was like, actually, we're pretty happy with this. We don't give you numbers because we don't give you numbers on anything. <laughs> uh, but we were surprised and, you know, not surprised, but we were pleasant, pleasantly happy about this. And it's year one. It's only going to go up. And now today we find out that it's it's gotten it's as, it's as successful as they needed it to be. And now with Messi coming here, I think the bump hasn't happened. Yeah. Yet. Oh, no. I think I think most people have been sleeping on the fact that if they want to watch them, they have to pay for something. If you were a non-MLS fan, you're just like, oh, sweet. I'll just watch him on Fox or whatever when he gets here. And then and you'll be like, oh, wait, hold on. What exactly? I have to do what? Uh, okay, and, and, sure. <laughs> and I think a really underrated, I've said from the beginning that I think an underrated, everybody's thinking in the context of of um, the United States. And like, if this was just a deal for the United States, it would be much harder to get those rights deals. But because it's a worldwide deal, it makes it much, much easier, I think, to hit maybe some of those numbers because and I'm not saying I think in Europe, I'm sure it's pretty low. I think that's just due to the time difference. You know, you're talking games at 2 a.m. It's probably just, you know, James from DC, UK and a couple other people would be my guess out there. Uh, but, you know, I, you're talking maybe places in South America, Mexico, obviously Canada. I'm sure they Spain. Spain uh, well, Spain's still I guess time difference and everything. Uh, they'll still they'll still wake up to watch Messi. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. Really, really and and when you bring Messi and I think that's certainly changed. I think you're going to have a lot of people in Spain. that are going to jump on board, uh, watch it just to see the games afterwards. And be fact, the fact that it's that worldwide deal, I, I think, speaks a lot to maybe some people underestimating what what popularity they would get about it because it's spread out so much. You only need if you get a few thousand people to sign up in, you know, in Mexico or a few hundred thousand, two hundred thousand people. You know, that's a big difference um, in what you can bring. So, Ted, I think we should consider becoming Inter Miami podcast. <laughs> I think we should think we're going to talk messy, man. We're going to talk the league. We like this is all the oh. league in general. So, well, we're going to talk messy. You better believe, and we're going to start tagging ever all of our tweets, <laughs> hashtag messy. You love that sweet SEO. I think that 
anybody that's currently in sort of the the supporter led media side, I know that Total Total Miami Total Football Miami, I believe, was a group that we've been on one time. Mm-hmm. They're about to their mentions are about to be uh, in, uninhabitable. Uh, and also, there's going to be so many people that have never watched MLS before that are going to see like an Inter Miami. And by the way, Inter Miami is awful. Oh yeah, they're terrible. They're in last place, and they are. They, since the news has come out, they have not won. I believe they've not scored, but I know that for sure they've not they've not won. Yeah. Uh, they're going to watch this team. They're going to Messi's going to roll out there, and they're going to be like, "Oh my god, this is bad. This is horrible." It's going to be a Montreal Miami game, and then they're just going to. Twitter is just going to be so bad. Well, it's going to be uninhabitable. We'll see. We, you know, when you remember you were, we, we saw when Wayne Rooney came here, there were players that we were like, there's no way this player, this player's terrible, trash, everything. And then suddenly it's like Wayne Rooney's on the field and there's just like a little bit of a little bit of an extra, an extra pep, um, a pep in the step. I still think they missed the play. I think they could go on like an unbelievable, like winning streak to close the season. The league would like to see yeah, that. Yeah, the league would like to see that. I think I think they will just miss the playoffs to be honest because I just think I think they are going to be in too much of a hole because they are kind of in a holding pattern. They still don't have a coach hired. They still don't have a philosophy. I think this year will just be about Messi getting in there. He'll create some highlights. He'll create they'll get some wins out of it because he's Messi and they'll have a direction and an identity and then it's just about all right, then next year the shackles of the of the penalties for the game come off. You have a, a roster that is essentially gutted that you can now sort of build around uh, build around Lionel Messi. So, imagine you're the inner the the inner Miami like social media person that got hired last year, and they're like, "All right, we need you to make sure that Gonzalo Iguain fans are following us and uh, producing that content." And then all of a sudden, you find yourself in this pickle. I have a feeling that they're going to uh, be hiring a million people at Inner Miami. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the, the, the comms and marketing security, you name it. I think it's just going to be it's going to be one of the largest uh, offices for an offices in in the league. I, I wonder it's going to I wonder how quickly how much they're going to try to maybe quicken getting the stadium built or how many games they're yeah. going to try to move. They obviously moving the games to hard rock away from Durf Pink. I think that's been talked about a lot is how like the stadium is just not ready. Um, not ready for Messi. So yeah, it's 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 going to be fun. I'm going to watch it. Um, I think one of the I think one of the criticisms of the debut, I believe it's during the U.S. Women's National Team game, like right yes. in the middle of it. So we got double screens. We live in a double screen life. We'll, we'll be we'll be we'll be uh, two screen in it. Um, I think so. Um, and you know the game will probably start before, beforehand, so we can kind of like you know shift. You know, once the game kind of gets started in the pop and circumstance and everything, so we could we can shift. I don't know if I'll sit and watch like an entire Inter Miami versus Cruises whole game, but um, anyway, let's uh, let's hit some DC first. I, I do want to make sure we get into our Twitch comments. If you want to join our live show, we do it Monday every day at eight thirty PM. Trying to get some more people in that. Uh, we've got uh, RJ in DC has Pine submitted himself as that he's the best center back on the team. He almost almost scored another crab soccer goal in this game. He tried, it didn't work out, but he did try. I, I think I think you're kind of right. I think as far as like consistency, I would say Derek Williams. I think has cemented himself as the most consistent. Um, I think uh, Pines has the ability to use his like immense physical traits to really like when he is on. I think he is probably our best defender, um, but he also still is is he's not perfect, and we've seen a couple lapses. Um, in him, I would argue they are not as tragic and they are less, they're more like routine. They're not like the types of, of, of tragic chances that we saw. So I think he's, uh, I think he's cer- certainly up there. Uh, let's get into rumor news. Let's close, let's close out this on rumor news. Um, it, it, 
uh, we got the transfer window coming up. A lot of talk has been done. DC does now have an extra international slot and an extra roster slot because they have placed um, Jazzy on the season ending list. I keep going back and forth on whether they get cap relief. We also don't know what the situation is with uh, Rava Morrison's cap. I have tried to find out that information. Again, MLS rules are opaque as they are, as they ever are, as they always are. Really love to know like if he actually counts. I've heard some people say no, he doesn't. I've heard some people say he does. Um, also, why is Nigel Burton on the season entering list? Yeah, <laughs> I guess he's going to come back, right? Like in theory, so. he's still he's still injured. Um, but. Uh, uh, this is from pop. So basically we all saw a report, I think from the tabloids uh, around England. It was four. it was a four. It was from the, uh, like Icelandic four, four, two, which is also owned by apparently a, uh, yeah, like a, a, a tabloid. Yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, and I'm, I'm proud of I'm going to butcher this name. Hopefully we'll get into why. Hopefully it. we don't need to say this. <laughs> Gilfie Sigurdsson. Gilfie Sigurdsson. Um, 33-year-old, soon to be 34-year-old, uh, attacking midfielder from Everton. Uh, three, four, five years, four or five years ago, this would have been like a slam dunk, unbelievable move. And he's been mentioned before, by the yeah. way. This is not the first time he's been mentioned. Yeah, he's been he's been mentioned as a potential player. I believe he's played some time at Swansea, if I recall, if I if I recall correctly. I think that's right. So he's played some time in Wales. So there there is a, it's a very much a deep DC connection. Uh, there is also a tremendous red flag legal issue um, of which. He was arrested for. Uh, they couldn't even name him due to rights. In fact, uh, the athletic actually can't say specifically what he's been accused of because there is they are based out of England and there is actually a law in the in England that says uh, if if someone is arrested, you cannot uh, you are not allowed to say who it is, um, and they you cannot report them or do anything. Um, and but basically, he's arrested, but he was not charged, and basically the charges were dropped due to insufficient evidence. Make that of a, as what you will. Uh, I think, Ed, go ahead. You were to say something? No, I was just saying, like, I, there was a lot of conversation about this in our Discord this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Angus, who is not a lawyer but plays one on TV, uh, was talking sort of like the difference between the European legal system and the American legal system is that, uh, the, and the reason they don't necessarily allow you to be named uh, as, as someone who's been arrested but not charged is because they kind of arrest first uh, and then decide and gather evidence and uh, and prosecute later at, at that point. They'll let you go, but they'll arrest you depending on the charge. Here, it's a little bit different where they want to make sure that the ducks are on a row. They've got to go before a judge. Uh, it's a lot. It's a, it's a different standard of evidence. It's a very, I mean, it's apples and oranges, uh, the legal systems. But uh, I think my overall takeaway on this was the charge that he was accused of, but not found guilty of and not, or not found uh, enough evidence to prosecute uh, is uh, awful. Yeah. I've, I've heard specifics. Now the specifics are that uh, I think again, this is all hearsay. Cause it's the, like, it's not really allowed. They're not really allowed to get into it. I think that the idea is that he texted someone who was under 18, but there was not that nothing occurred. There was no occurrence of anything still weird. Don't do that. Uh, I would also hope that I would get cleared from that a lot faster if I was erroneously charged with such a thing because I would not be. <laughs> never mind. I guess I would just. I feel like you don't get yourself in that situation. So it's a little bit easier. Yeah. Uh, I am for second chances. I'm specifically for people of second chances that have not been convicted of something. However, there's no obligation that DC United be the team that gives him a platform to re- re- rehabilitate his image, see if he can still play after a year off. 
Uh, I just don't think I think the juice is probably not worth the squeeze on this would be my my thing. Yeah. And sort of sort of the nature of how this of how this went is, you know, it was leaked out to the tabloids. Then it was sort of, you know, leaked to our Pablo Maurer had sources, I think, along with Tom Bogart, probably the dad, the DC United dads are fighting on uh, on uh, journalism. Let, let me get into that. I, I don't think I don't think Stephen Goff no, was talking about Pablo. He was talking about Pablo Maurer, but Pablo Maurer basically saying that, yes, you know, there are you know, preliminary discussions and what, and, and I, and I think a lot of people were saying that, you know, golf was, it, we'll get to golf as sweet earlier, but that this was, you know, that he was calling Pablo tabloid. I don't think he was, I think Pablo was just as, you know, certainly trying to get people to click the athletic article and read it. So maybe, you know, the headline is like sort of maybe more engaged, but if you sort of read it, you know, there's no offer on the table. They're not really discussing terms. I think, you know, again, DC is trying to compile a list of players, their cap situation and international roster situation is, is not, is, you know, not really that great right now. Uh, They're pretty much filled up. Um, I'm guessing this means that, you know, they're not planning on buying out Ravel Morrison's contract. They're just going to kind of let that, let that ride. Um, but you know, you talk about their, their situation with that and how they're maybe a little bit sane. So, so they're, they're compiling list of players and here's a guy that would undoubtedly be cheap. And, you know, is it in, you know, and I think that's maybe the aspect they're looking for is they can fit him under their cap. And, you know, maybe if he turns out good, then he'll be, then, you know, great. But I think like you, I agree. I don't think DC should be the team to do this. I would much rather them sign nobody. I would say just roll with this, then sign him. To be honest, if I'm if I'm being honest here, um, not just also for the crimes, but also he's going to be 33, 34. He's been out of soccer in a year. Has two years, I think, is what I saw. He hasn't played soccer for two years, so it's he's he will be undoubtedly rusty. I'm not sure what he would bring to this team, and I think um, and I think that uh, we've seen this team attach itself and already have issues with certain players that they've brought in who have had legal troubles in the past, and I feel like. I feel like this is starting to maybe become an issue if this is if this is if this advances further. What is this team uh, doing with like trying to? And again, I'm not the Muhammad Jazzy separate. I'm talking more about what happened with Ravel Morrison. It's like we can't be the team. We can't. Sometimes you just can't bring players in and try to fix them. Like just we're not the land of misfit toys. (laughs) We don't need to be at this point. It's like it's it's very much like a. It's like a situation when you have no money Mm. and you have to like buy at the at the like like buy used toys or something. I, I don't know. Like you're in a situation where you got to take what you can get. We're not in that situation no. anymore, man. Like we don't, we don't necessarily need to do this. Let, there are so many places that he could go and you know, he's not being able to speak about this. I don't know. We don't know the details. I don't know anything. I don't, I don't know anything, but the, the, the circus that will surround it for me isn't worth it. Um, you know? Yeah. To your point, maybe no move is better than a move that um, once again, puts us on the front page for not soccer things for, for things that, you know, you, you, it's are horrible. Yeah. <laughs> That's anyway, we'll, we'll see. I, I bet this doesn't happen. If I had to bet, I would say this is unlikely to happen, but yeah, there's a list that there's a list of names and, and the conversations are happening. So the team is not willing to sit pat, uh, in this. Way. And, and it seemed to me that the team wanted to get out and, and say that they are apparently hiring an independent, some independent investigation firm to do the background check on him. And they should. And they should. They absolutely should. Um, so because they're not good at so it. So I, I don't think the team is just looking at this from a purely soccer perspective. I think they're also they're also very concerned about because they know what this will bring. And I think this would be something that would bring more heat than it than than it'd be worth. Like you said, it, more heat than light. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, 
Next week, we got away versus Nashville, like we talked about. They are coming off three losses. Stop Honey Mukhtar. That's our that's our analysis on that. Stop Honey Mukhtar. You might win this game. Um, they, I believe, they are. Are they without um, Walker Zimmerman? I believe he's with it. He would be. I believe he's with. I believe he's with the Gold Cup. I believe he's with the Gold Cup too. So that's that's a big that's a big loss for them. Uh, I think Joe Willis is still there. He's still good. Uh, you know, so they, the, them being scoreless in two weeks though is 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 a is a wild situation. So what's, well, the biggest let's make. I mean, the biggest thing where they're missing is they're missing a number nine. Like they have not been able to find a number nine. So it literally is Hani Mukhtar doing something or setting something up, and and being that score. I mean, they went they got um CJ no CJ spawn with the Toronto, right? Uh, yeah, I know who you're thinking about. You're thinking of Teal Bunbury who is injured. I thought he's with um. No, he's with Toronto. According that's right. to Foot he's with Nashville still. Yeah. Oh, uh, he's going to Foot still? He when? played on June 17th. Okay, so they traded him. No, he says he's with... Um... Anyway, yeah, I think he uh, he was traded to Toronto. So, I mean, they've lost the striker. Um, again, they don't... They're looking for that number nine striker that they don't... Uh, that they don't... They don't have right now. And I think that's been their biggest problem. That's the spot they need to fill. So it's an opportunity for DC to maybe pick up some points or to pick up a win. I'd still say... They need to go out and, and, you know, I want to count the Cincinnati game because that's a good team, but also it's still a home game. And I'm still on the fence of like, you still got to go out and win your home game. So you need to go out and do something on the road before maybe I really get serious about considering this team ready to play. So I think a draw would be fine. Uh, Let's go. What's your prediction for this game? Uh, 1-1 or 0-0. I'm going 1-1-2. I think, again, this this is not a team that's going to blow you out. This is a team that's going to play a really close game. So hopefully we can do it less dramatically, less dramatically than the home game. Um, all right, folks. Uh, nothing, not, nothing to VAR. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that'll do it. Thank you so much, folks, for listening. Uh, remember, if you're on the live show, check us out a little bit later. We will have the Kindred Spirits show. We talk in Washington Spirit. Uh, and then also check out uh, Kindred Spirits if you're listening on the podcast. Um, also, if you want to listen to both shows without having to do anything, go donate to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash refugees. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Vamos. Vamos.